Grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this Christmas Eve through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Tis the season for avoidance. In pre-pandemic times, Sarah Sheehan always headed to North Carolina for a hectic holiday schedule that included hopping between the homes of several different relatives, a Christmas Eve midnight church service, and caroling around the rural county where her extended family lives. On Christmas morning, my grandparents, mom, and I get together at my mom's sister's house with my uncle and cousins, said Sheehan, 27 years old, a content strategist and consultant in Virginia. We always have biscuits and sausage gravy, quiche and cinnamon rolls with hot coffee or tea and eat breakfast together while opening presents. This year, however, with COVID-19 and a handy excuse to bow out of the festivities, Sheehan said she plans instead to be curled up with my dog at, at home, watching zombie shows while drinking wine and smoking a blunt. For those of you my age and older, a blunt is a joint. Sheehan looks forward to taking a break from her family's busy holiday celebrations as well as not having to appear as religious, conservative, or docile as I have to pretend to be when I'm home, she said. As much as I care for my family, we are incredibly different people. I love being with them in short doses, but a week or more at a time during Christmas is just too much. Holidays can be a time of joy, but they can also be a time of obligation, so they don't always feel so good, said psychologist Wendy Rice. It's not easy to get out of things because this is what your family does. It can be hard to break with tradition. And for many people, breaking with tradition can serve to avoid the stress that often accompanies family gatherings. People are now, more than ever, realizing the value in avoidance. Well, Sarah's story caused me to wonder how many people do we see in church on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day who are just doing their family obligation to appear religious? How many, do you think? I don't know. I mean, however many there are, I guess, it's not going to be a thing for them this year. Pandemic aside, though, many Americans don't consider going to church to be a blessing and a gift from God. Instead, it's more like an obligation, as Sarah pointed out, or a chore, or a tedious burden. Mom and Dad, do I have to go to church? Some consider church to be just another voluntary association of like-minded people, a country club kind of thing. Nothing special happens there. It's Dullsville. But the prophet Israel, Isaiah, helps us understand church in a very different way. See, you and I have been given a great gift and privilege of living in the promised age to come. Many B.C. believers longed to be in our sandals. They longed for the time when we can now see the things that we see. In chapter 11, Isaiah announced the coming messianic age. Now, I read chapter 12 to you, so you didn't hear chapter 11. 
But that's okay. You can read it on your own. The new and greater David will be anointed by the Holy Spirit and given the gifts from the Holy Spirit, the gifts of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and reverence toward I am, right? Yahweh, the true God. He'll know how to rule and he'll be able to carry it out. He will be faithful to the God of Israel, the true God. This new and greater king from the family of David will rule in righteousness. He will establish the age of peace when the wolf lies down with the lamb. In that age to come, the entire earth will be full of knowing the Lord, the true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He will restore Israel, and to this Messiah of Israel, Gentiles of all nations will gladly come and enjoy the blessings under his rule. Now, in Isaiah 12, that I read a little bit ago, the prophet gives the response that future Israel would give to their God when he brings in the promised age to come. In the age to come, Israel will sing the song of chapter 12. I know, I read it, I didn't sing it, but it is a kind of song. You know, Isaiah composed a hymn of the future. Because in his day, Israel was experiencing terrible times. They suffered under the tyranny of Assyria and Babylon. And you know, I've been speaking about this these last several Sundays of Advent. And it's hard for us to relate to that because we live in such peaceful times now compared to back then. But Isaiah proclaimed the day is coming when our God will reverse our plight, when we will enjoy the blessings of salvation under a perfect king. Well, we've already been, play, been praying that God would re reverse our plight of this pandemic. So we have a little bit of sense of, of uh, being in a plight. <laughs> and in that day, you, O Israel and Jerusalem, will sing a song of praise and thanksgiving. You will say in that day, O give thanks to God. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. Make memorable that his name is above all other names in the world. Make music to him because he has done majestic things. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This, this, is, what, this is, is an example of what it means to have life with God. Life and praise are linked together. And praising is what we do in church, right? Isaiah promised that the age to come will be an age of praise and thanksgiving to the Holy One of Israel. So, my friends, we're here now living this fulfillment. You at home as well. More of this song goes like this. You all, well, actually in the Hebrew, when Isaiah is saying, to everyone who would listen, it's y'all, you all. So y'all give thanks to God. Y'all call upon his name in holy worship. You all make his wondrous deeds known among the Gentiles. Y'all make memorable 
that his name is exalted. To give God praise is to brag about him in public before others. You know, some of us like to brag about ourselves or brag about our faith in Jesus. But the Spirit changes believers to direct attention away from themselves, from ourselves, to the Lord Himself. The God of Israel is the one to be glorified and magnified. That's how our faith talks. It gives glory to the Holy One of Israel. In church, our worship services are God's words sung back to Him, which glorifies Him. Now, this is contrary to popular belief that church is just a bunch of man-made recitations and rituals. But we could still ask the question, why? Why all this? Why come to church on Christmas Eve? Because of what God has promised and done for you. You have the privilege of seeing and knowing the fulfillment of prophecy. A new and greater David was born in Bethlehem. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit at his baptism by his cousin and forerunner, John. He was endowed with wisdom and power. He healed the sick. He made the lame walk. He gave sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. He established peace, peace with God and peace among his followers. Not only that, by his death he atoned for the sins of Israel and all Gentiles, including you and me. By his resurrection he conquered death itself. And through this good news, the earth is being filled with the knowledge of the God of Israel. Because God has done these majestic things, we sing music to him. We speak about him and his saving work to each other and the people in our lives so that perhaps more can join the choir. Going to church is a great joy and privilege on any Sunday or special day of the church, let alone Christmas. Here the Lord gives you his saving gifts and here you can give the Lord praise and adoration that's due. Now, most of you are participating in this marvelous conversation with God in your homes. But let's be real for a minute. Some of us feel like avoiding church altogether. For similar reasons that Sarah Sheehan mentioned in her story I read at the beginning. Avoidance seems to have value when we don't want to deal with other people's complaining, arguing, stubbornness, and so forth. Which is really kind of interesting because we all complain. We can all be argumentative when we know we're right. And we're stubborn with our ways. Yet, we don't want that from others. And whatever happened to, if you're willing to dish it out to others, you've got to be willing to take a little bit yourself. Church is a messy group of people, my friends, with problems. It's a hospital for sinners, not a fortress of solitude for the righteous. Don't let yourself get in the way of receiving the blessings he has to give you in the midst of his broken yet restored people. We may want to avoid others, but can you imagine if God avoided us? 
What if he had only come to save Israel and avoided all the other peoples of the world because, well, he didn't like the things they said or the way they acted? What if God felt like a week with us was too long a dose? If that were the case, then Christmas would be a festival for the Jews only, and only then for those who believe that the promised Messiah has come because even God's own people avoided him and rejected him. But tis the season not for avoidance from God, my friends. He has done anything but avoid you and your household. He came from heaven to earth to be with you, to live with you and give you hope every minute of every day that you are his, his own dear child and he has life to give you that lasts forever. Yeah, many of us are taking a break from being with family this year. You know, simply because of COVID and for some, perhaps the added benefit of a break from the tiresome obligations of attending religious services and keeping up appearances with people that are vastly different from us. All thanks, praise, and glory be to God then that he's not taking a break from us. We need him now more than ever, don't we? We have a great hope that next year will be better than this one. But that's a hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ because we know the, pande the pandemic isn't just going to lift on January the 1st. At the same time, Jesus has overcome the world, hasn't he? He's already accomplished his saving work with his life, death, and resurrection. So whether we live or die, pandemic or not, we will always have him and he will have us. We will live with him on a new earth with no viruses or any other thing that will weigh us down or kill us. Tis the season for salvation and hope from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So may his peace keep you in his fold now and forevermore. Amen.